I don't, my brain keeps wanting to say, say Texas Instruments. Say Texas Instruments. <laughs> Tex-Mexium Instruments? Tex-Mexium Instruments, yes. That's why they're based in Texas, yep. Shoot the core, Cass. Welcome to Shoot the Corecast, the official companion podcast to the RF Generation Shmup Club. This is a family-friendly shmup-themed podcast that's a parody of itself. I'm Addicted, also known as Addicted to Shmups, and with me, as always, I have... Little Fro, also known as Game Boy Guru. And if you would like to connect with the podcast, you can do that in several ways. Follow us on Twitter at ShootCoreCast. You can also follow me directly at Game Boy Guru. Find all the podcast feeds via our Linktree page. That is linktr.ee slash shootthecorecast. Uh, we are, of course, on all the major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. Uh, join us for a Shmup Club playthrough. We have our Discord server now that you can check out. And uh, we've got lots of lively discussion there. So definitely want definitely want to get on board with that. Uh, if you would, please uh, like, follow, rate, subscribe, review, etc. on whatever podcast platform you uh, prefer. And then also, um, also follow me on Twitch, since I do stream the Shmup Club Game of the Month multiple times throughout the month. That is twitch.tv slash guru gameboy. Yeah, and the RF, don't forget about the RF Generation community. They're a great place to document your collection. Uh, again, the other day I was trying to figure out how many copies of Deep Space Waifu I owned, and I was getting confused. I thought that I owned six copies of the European and five of the Brazilian, but apparently, no, I own five copies of the Brazilian and seven copies of the European release. You know, beginner's mistake, but... At least I was able to figure it out thanks to catalog in my collection. I would have assumed you would have this ironed out by now. You know, you would think so too, but with having two kids and house to take care of and Gunvane to play, you know, as they say in The Princess Bride, I've got all this stuff to do and I've got Gilda to frame. I'm swamped. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's not waste any time and jump into our question of the month that I threw out on Discord and on Twitter. And that is, what shooting games have surprised you with a difficulty spike at some point in the game? And right off the bat, Very Egg jumped in and said, Death Smiles, the final stage and final boss. All of the previous six stages are pretty easy, pretty easy, even on rank three. And then the final stage just crunch, wrap, crunch wraps you with enemies and chews you up. I have to say, now I'm hungry for Taco Bell. Why <laughs> <laughs> not crunch wrap? There's always, there's always time for text mixing. That there is. No, I definitely agree on this. And if, if I were to pick a... 
serious answer, this this will probably be it. Alright, our next comment comes from Oops, all vibes. Toho 14 goes insane in the latter half and it's unreal. And we don't talk about the clown piece. Yeah, Toho 14, I get the feeling that we're gonna probably have to start covering more Toho games and. You know, that'd be, at least at least so we can get through all of them before this century ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as much as I enjoyed eight, I definitely want to make sure that we that we you know slot another one in before too awful long. Yeah, maybe now that we've taken you know at least six hours to cover half of the lore, quarter of the lore, we can move on and start talking a little bit more about the game. Maybe um, Cherry Blossom or uh, the new one's set to come out pretty soon too, I think, isn't it? Or at least a demo of that? Um, yeah, I want to say that one... Yeah, I think you're right. It's supposed to be out... Um, we actually mentioned this on our... That's okay. On our podcast <laughs> yeah. a couple months ago, and now I can't remember. Self-checking yourself while recording. No, I, I think it's coming out pretty soon. But if I were to probably say which one we'd tackle next, either would be Scarlet Mansion or uh, Perfect Cherry Blossom. Uh, Shoot the Core over on Twitter says, The final level of Dodonpachi Resurrection is five times longer than the previous levels and grueling. So many lasers. Is that the uh, is that the laser wheels? I think you're right. Yeah, I've I've watched DFK in uh, multiple shmup slams, but I still have not taken the plunge. What what, what was that that you could put in there that we were looking at some uh, bad portraits, uh, like Sears portrait? It's got more lasers than a uh, in a port in a. It has more lasers than a Sears uh, Sears portrait to background from the early 90s. Oh, yeah. 1984 Sears Portrait Studio. My favorite is that one with the guy like holding that. his cat and then staring off into space longingly, and the cat is just in the upper right-hand <laughs> corner, and it's just got those pink and blue lasers in the background. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's classic. Maybe, maybe that's what we need as our next shmup. There he... <laughs> I survived the portrait studio. Oh, I know. Oh, man. Late night ramblings. Good stuff. Alright, our next one comes to us from Corkman77. First thing that comes to mind is the Stage 3 Boston Gunbane. Since I've been playing it, it flies all around and sits behind you where you can't hit it very well. I think you have to have patience, which isn't me. I, and I, especially when I'm playing a shmup. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. With you on the stage three boss of Gunvane and something that that flies around, sits where you can't hit it very well. That that could almost describe. Um, uh, it reminds me of your of your dogs, right? They tend to fly around. You can't grab them very well, and then they end up on your shoulder. Yes. Well, Porkman, I'll say this is why you play Type B, so you can use your lock-on even when it's behind you. Or you can play Type C and just uh, act like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yep. Uh, Goji Guy says, Mushi Himesama has a few. 
I find the overall game goes down smooth, but then a few sections like near the end of stage 3 just pop up and get ya. Also Gun Frontier. That game is hard overall, but the spike past stage 3 is a real kick in the teeth. Yeah, the stage 3, if I remember correctly, that was the Battleship Bug stage, right? Yep. Yeah, that, uh, every time I'm playing with that and it's stuff going on smooth, reminds me of someone uh, who takes a big swig of, of liquor goes, that's smooth! As they start <laughs> choking. Yep. Well, and I gotta agree on Gun Frontier. I messed around with that for a little bit at uh, Galloping Ghost when I was there last year, and I got destroyed pretty quickly. FaceTime Police says, The final level of Deathbound's 1. In the blink of an eye, the move went from, This is the easiest game ever, to, I can't panic bomb my way through the entire level. Jeez, Cave. Yeah, that that end level with it, Death Miles has been the killer of many runs. I, it, it it sort of lose, lures you into. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you want to see? It's sort of like a honey trap. Death Miles one is a honey trap. It, it's, uh, it's Death Miles. The last level of Death Miles is the Hotel California schmups. You can check in, but you can never leave. Yeah, it definitely. It definitely ramps up enough to where you feel it. Particularly if you play on on uh, on level three everywhere, and then you've got all the revenge bullets. Uh, Rewind Arcade says the fifth stage with all the meteors in Gradius Five definitely turned up the heat quite a bit. Still a really awesome level though. Gradius 5 is something that I've owned forever, but I haven't really played much, so I'm hoping that we can slot that in sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. Rewind Arcade says... Oh, wait. Nope, I just <laughs> yep. did that one. Well, let's rewind that. Wrist uh, <laughs> Storage says, I always think of Thunder Force 3. Totally easy through, except for the random environmental hazards in the fire and cave stages. Had to practice at cave stage for day to figure out where everything pops out from. Yeah, this reminds me a little bit of, of a couple months ago with Gradius 2, where we played in the Famicom version, like, this is so easy. And then you get to the end of stage one, and it just... The fire hazards obliterate you until you just learn to stop going for the power-ups and just to sit still. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um... And, and I will totally agree in, in terms of the fire stage. You pretty much just have to memorize the layout and when enemies are coming and where. Because otherwise, something's going to run into you or you're going to get smoked. Uh, Old Man Burley says, Fourth level of nearly every riding game. You, sir, are my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Tercia Obstruncata Studio says, Stage 4 of Gundamonium Recollection, but that's mostly because they didn't tutorialize the game particularly well, and you can absolutely beat the first three levels without realizing one of the key features of the game even exist. Yeah, I, I had to definitely run into the, this type of situation before, where you're going through going, this is great, and then you say, what the heck, I was supposed to do this? this in order to get it was uh, not with a shmup unfortunately but it was with Wolon 
and I keep wanting to call it Wu-Tang, but no, it's Wolong, huh. uh Fallen Dynasty. And I was going through the game, oh, this is cool, this is great Dark Souls. But then I didn't realize that I was supposed to parry. You're supposed to parry in order to create openings, which I think they meant to make it more like Bloodborne. I know we'll have to, you know, summon the spirit of Duke Togo here, but it, it's completely skipped that game mechanic. I'm like, why is this game harder than I thought of me? It's just me. No, I just completely ignored the tutorial and the game mechanic. Huh. Nice. Um, and then uh, don't forget, Tercyops Truncata Studios did uh, The Day We Fought Space, and uh, we did that interview uh, a couple of years ago now. But uh, if you're if you're on the uh, Apple platforms, iPad, etc., then give that a look. And finally, Pony Tatsujin chimes in and says, I think I'll have to go with Stage 2 of Gradius 2. All those bubbles, man. Or Gradius 3, excuse me. All those bubbles, man. Really hard to dodge. Indeed. Yeah, so what's your choice on this one? What's the hardest bell curve in Shmupdom? Well, obviously I... I try to pick the questions or make the questions up so that they're relevant to the game we're talking about. So I'll, uh, I'll expand upon that later. But for me, the first one that came to mind was Ketsui. Um, because I think the general consensus is that typically stage one in a cave game, no big deal. Stage two, okay, now, you know, it's, it's at least showing that uh, it's not a pushover. And then stage three is when Cave says, give me your money. Um, but in, in Ketsui, I think it's widely accepted that the stage two mid-boss is um, a difficulty spike. And for me, it is specifically because I, I struggle with those crisscross patterns that, they, that uh, the boss does. And so to me, even though it's not an overly long game, it feels a bit early for a boss like that to come along and just wreck me uh, beyond all recognition. And uh, so that's that's the one that generally always comes to my mind when I think of unexpected difficulty spikes. What about for you? Me? I think it would have to be Battle Garega. As soon as I press start, that unexpected difficulty <laughs> spike starts... And then I start getting my butt kicked. You, you, don't you know you're not supposed to hit start because it raises the rank? Oh, that's what's supposed to... Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, 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 I could be joking around here and say Gratis 3 as soon as you hit start, as you said. But Gregor definitely really over the top as far as rank. If you if you don't know what the heck you're doing, it really goes after you. The other joking answer you could put in here is a game of life, right? Once you turn 18, boy, does that difficulty spike really ramp up. Big time. All right. All right. Well, oh, thank you, everybody, for participating alongside us and uh, giving us your answers. We do appreciate the engagement. Don't you mean suffering along with us? That's right. All right, and speaking of suffering, let's move on to Gun Vein. <laughs> yes, our focus shot for the month. Yeah. Focus shot for the year, rather. Yeah, I, I, I suffered through quite a bit trying. I played a little bit of this. I didn't chance to play too much lately, but I did play a little bit in 
it's difficult to get back in the swing of things with uh, Type C. I swear, my uh, gun vein game is like my golf game, right? I keep losing my lives. I never seem to get any better. I <laughs> just tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, between busyness at work and busyness with life in general and, you know, other things going on, I haven't had the time to play this too much. Although I did go back to it here um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, I've been focusing primarily on Type B on intense difficulty, which is kind of your default. And I did finally manage to get a fairly clean stage three boss fight and uh, ended up making it all the way to I think the stage four mid boss if I remember correctly so I felt pretty good about that and um, if I can continue to replicate that then it means I'm not that far away from a clear so I feel pretty good about that nice but one thing that I definitely wanted to make sure and mention is that um, for those who are not participating with us with the Focus Shot and Gun Vein, because it's on PC, well, now, if you have a Nintendo Switch, you'll be able to do that because the game is now out digitally in all regions. Um, we know that a physical's coming at some point, and uh, we don't have the details on that yet, but if you want to play alongside us, it's out now, so go grab it on your Switch. Um, I know once, once I kind of have my my setup uh, done with my now that I got two Nintendo Switch consoles, um, I'm probably going to buy it and download it on the OG Switch because that's the one that works with the flip grip, and then I can kind of sit in the evenings after I stream and fiddle with that a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I haven't a chance to try out the Switch part. I know it was released recently. I. I would hope that at least the performance is on par with the PC version. Yeah, and I think there's still a patch forthcoming for the PC version that should give some uh, improvements, like with the loading. The initial loading, right? Like yeah. That. Yeah. Um, but as far as I know, that hasn't come out yet. Hmm. All right. Yeah. All I have to say is, if we did, when we get that physical, we better have a version that comes with the soundtrack really love the soundtrack of this game yeah I'm, I'm definitely digging it alright so I apologize for the sort of shortness of the gun vein here we'll add a little bit more to it next time so let's move on to the shmup news that you can use to no one's surprise another Toho game is going to be released which is called Red Empress Devil it's coming out on Steam and it's a PvP arena shooter didn't they do something like this with, um, what was it, Bullet Ballet? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Are all my Toho games running together at this point? Yeah, they. I mean, I don't know enough about them, so they, they all kind of run together for me, too. Uh, Shoot Fighters is a forthcoming 2.5D shmup fighting game from developer and publisher First Penguin. Uh, no release date. Well, that's all right. They're still miles ahead of Dispatch. <laughs> oh, sad panda. <laughs> yeah, 
In Mr. FBGA News, a Track 17 is working on Jalico Omega System 1 core, which will bring shmups like P47, the Phantom Fighter, plus Alpha, Saint Dragon, Earth Defense Force, Cybattler, and the unreleased prototype shooter Chimera Beast. Developer Jimmy Stones is working on a core for Konami's classic vertical shooter, Juno Fist, and if I remember correctly, Juno Fist is running against the main driver, so that that's and it came out one to one, so that's kind of be coming up pretty soon. I think the Mega System core is close as well, but the biggest news that I don't see in here is Jotego, uh, sorry, Jotego is working on Parodia Da. Yes. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Parodia Da, I'm looking forward to, but I think I might actually be looking forward to Juno first a little bit more, if only because um, it's one of those games that, for some reason, I just am drawn to it. Uh, I can't explain why, but it's definitely one that I want to mess with once that's live. I may have called it Juno Fist. I have a problem calling it Juno Fist here. That's all right. Oh, well. Oh. Uh, story-driven shooter Heartlink is coming soon from on Steam from developer and publisher Serrated Studios. Uh, they tout the game as Star Fox meets Toho with a synthwave soundtrack. And there is a demo available. I'm still trying to figure out what Star Fox meets Toho. It, in my mind, it's just many weird things. Um, There's a lot of story in the game, from what I understand. Okay. Well, if, if, if it takes off just like Toho, they will have everything about it. I mean, the other day I found out there is a Toho manga where uh, Mahjong takes over everybody, and that's all they do is play Mahjong, and it's like 60 volumes of them playing Mahjong. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, we'll see on that one. Uh, definitely interesting to see what Starhawks meet, Star Fox meets Toho turns out to be. Uh, Stainless Knight is a new Japanese doujin shooter that is free to download from developer Stainless from stainless.booth.pm and has a cute chibi character aesthetic. You can shoot forward and backward in this horizontal shooter and appears to have an interesting short-range bullet cancel mechanic. Yeah, I, I think that I'm seeing a lot more games with a bullet cancel mechanic or a lot more games where you have to graze. I, I, I think that is the commonality of, I don't know what what we call this, the, uh, the pandemic years. I don't know what, I mean, we, we had the aughts. We had the millennials, um, you know, the, I don't want to say millennials, but, you know, the start of the new millennium. But what, what are we calling these years? It seems to be the prevailing theme, that and maybe um, random oh, or uh, roguelike elements into shmups seem to be the oh, two sure. options right now. Definitely check this one out. Several games have been released for the Bullet Hell Game Jam 2023 event, including Event Horizon from ENJL, Gentai Shooter from Fawdot, uh, Romgatter from Nizikashi, and Perdition Spear from Winged Fox, among others. Most are available on itch.io as name your own price. 
Nice. Always good to see some more STGs on Itch.io. Recently, uh, Hazel on the Hex was on sale on Itch.io for a very good price. I think it was like $2.34, so I bought it on that in the eShop, and definitely worth it on that. I'll have to check these out as well. Oh, for sure. Model 8 from developer Cash and publisher Red Glaze is an early access vertical shooter that has a larger black and white early technology sort of visual look to it. And it's out on Steam. Now, when they say early technology, are we talking like Vector? Are we talking Asteroids or Vectrix? What are we talking here? Uh, it sort of looks like um, you're flying over black and white printed circuit boards. Oh, cool. So it's like, um, what were the, what's that uh, Galico, not Jalico game, um, Game Paradise in some ways? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, it definitely has an interesting look to it, though. Uh, Arnaud de Clerc has made available to play uh, online a ROM hack of Star Soldier for MSX that has smooth scrolling. And you can play that at file-hunter.com. Yeah, the MSX, the amount of hacks and stuff that they're doing to add in stuff, I expect one day that it'll just you have to plug in an MSX into another MSX in order to you know, when people say the tower of power and they're referring to like the Genesis with the 32X and the Sega CD and then the Game Genie and Sonic and Knuckles and all that that's got nothing on the MSX huh. Darius CS Core physical and Ray's chrono arcade chronology physical releases from Strictly Limited have been pushed back both standard and LE releases are set for July, and the CE is set for summer release. Yeah, I mean, this is disappointing. It was better rather than push it back in order to make sure these things are out. I haven't checked to see if the... Uh, the Was it in it? I'm drawing a blank here. The uh, US release arm, Inan oh, Games. Inan? Inan or Inan Games, yeah. I haven't checked to see if those were pushed back on the Amazon one. Is those don't have all the stuff on there. They're just limited to, I think, three or four of the race chronology. Yeah, the I think the standalone Einen release is just Raystorm and Ray Crisis. So it doesn't include Ray Force or Our Gear. Yeah, Our Gear being the one that everyone wants. Right. Well, um, they've been pushed back, but it's not that bad. No, I mean, hopefully it means that we get a solid product and, and uh, you know, not something that we have to deal with a day one patch. You know, I, I have waited for Turkin from Strictly Limited. People know about Turk, and that was a long wait. Right. That was. I think by the time that they sent that out, I think I got more stuff than... Like actual games on the collection. I think they go, here, we're sorry, here's a drink coaster, here's a poster, here's some arcade leaflets. No, here's a, here's a Turk and balloon. Here's some <laughs> Turk and toilet paper. Here's everything, we're sorry. Wow. Turk and toilet paper. Be careful with that stuff, it has no iframes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be careful when you're running gun with that one, huh? <laughs> Uh, r more like runs and gun, am I right? 
Oh, man. All right. Let's steer this clear of... Uh, all right. Exapoda is a forthcoming shooter from Toma Game Studio, and it's another one with a largely black and white look to it. And it is available to wishlist on Steam. Nice. <laughs> to take a look at that. The horizontal shooter Herodias from developer TechnoGills and publisher Cubite Interactive has been released on Steam and Nintendo Switch as of May 11th. He flies ship that has been struck down, oh, starts shut down to fit inside a human body to fight off a deadly virus that has no cure. All right. It's time to get... This reminds me of... What's that uh, game? Microids? And there was... A, probably based off that movie, the... Um, it wasn't the... There's a couple of things that this strikes me at. Microids, which was for the Intellivision. There, there was... A uh, movie where they are shrunk down in. What was that? Um, oh, inner space. Inner sp inner space. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> wonder if that was part of the. And w what was the? Um, but the that guy comes to my mi mind on there. Uh, was it Stu Goodbody? What's the? Oh yeah. Stu Goodbody. Uh, yeah, you gotta have him on there. Maybe he can be a special character in the game. Yeah, DLC. There's there a Atari 2600 game like that too, where you sort of fly inside of a human body to eradicate disease. I can't remember what it's called. But um, it wasn't the uh, same as the Intellivision called Microids. I don't think so. It's a different game. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure somebody's yelling out in the background here. Uh, but no, uh, Heroes is an interesting one. I This came out on the 11th, um, as far as I know. And so I I bought it on Switch because I went and bought, uh, well, let's see, I, I went and bought Gunvane, uh, Heroes, and um, uh, Mazinger Z at the same time and um, fired it up for, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or something like that. And it's definitely an interesting game. A, a different approach and has some interesting mechanics so it could be could be worth a look uh, Austral Bringer Shaded Arcarium uh, aka Kakage no Arcarium is coming this year from developer and publish, publisher Endless Shurafu slated for a December release and a demo is now available on Steam and it is set for early access it includes mouse control and a melee mechanic and uh, for the uninitiated, Endless Shirafu is the the team who made uh, Akashic Verse. And so this is, I, I don't know if this is a sequel so much as just a, another game, but it looks, it looks interesting. Hmm. Now, Space Invaders World Defense is set for a summer release and be a mobile AR Space Invaders game. I wonder if that we'll see like a bunch of people in the park looking up, trying trying to dodge. There'll be that one guy. No, no, no. He's not crazy. He's just playing Space Invaders World Defense. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, can you see some guy looking up in there? He's just uh, he's just with his phone looking up in the sky, pressing buttons. All of a sudden, he dodges behind a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a mobile gamer, but. 
This is intriguing to me, the, this idea, because it sort of reminds me of, I can't remember who it was that did it, um, but several years ago, there were a bunch of classic arcade games that were sort of interpreted as comics, web comics. And there was one that, it was, I think it was Namco maybe who did it. And so there was one that they, they themed after Galaga, if memory serves. And it was such an interesting idea where you have these enemies that are invading Earth and and they're these giant things. And so it kind of feels like a, a bit of a, a take on that idea. But um, yeah, I, this could be fun if they do it right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what type of craziness people get out of this. Uh, the game that I was thinking of earlier apparently was called Microsurgeon. Yes, Microsurgeon. Uh, it looks creepily enough <laughs> with his ship flying to a guy's mouth. Yeah, from iMagic. Yes, iMagic, yep. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it, but I have this one. And I, I want to say... I want to say that maybe... Came up for the PC Junior, your favorite console, or your favorite PC. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm thinking of something. I know there's another one I'm thinking of. Oh, well. That's all right. Well, that's the one I was thinking of, at least. All right, so go ahead, sir. Title Milestones 2 is confirmed for an English physical release, and pre-orders are available on Amazon. And because it is an Einen release, there may be a deluxe, strictly limited games package available at some point. Yeah, I wasn't certain if the uh, original one had a uh, anything besides maybe special games or something that were on there, like they did with Wonder Boy for the strictly limited. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but in terms of the the game selection, this has got some good stuff. I mean, this has got Gun Frontier, it's got Kiki Kai Kai, it's got Metal Black, and it has Darius 2, which is interesting because, of course, Darius 2 has already been uh, already been released on the um, um, Darius Cosmic Collection. And so this I, is probably just a, a basic release versus the more feature-rich M2 version. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, I never thought that 2023 would be the year of metal black ports. No, I certainly did not have that on my bingo card. Yeah, would this will make it our third one this year? Yeah. Well, and technically this is probably just the hamster port that's on Arcade Archives, but via physical... But even so, it's still cool to see. Definitely. Eskatos is confirmed for a physical edition through a strictly limited games for a Switch and PS4. Packaged with Cardinal Sins and Judgment Silver Sword as well. There's a special limited edition that has the three CD soundtrack. Sounds good to yeah. me. And that that uh, three CD soundtrack is going to have the... The standard soundtrack for Eskatos, the arranged soundtrack, and then uh, a Judgment Silver Sword soundtrack. So I am all over that action. 
uh, limited run games will have pre-orders for a PS5 physical release for Stellatum, an auto-scrolling shooter with free range of motion and aiming. It's been out for some time digitally on Steam and all modern consoles. This yeah, might be the might be the first uh, PS5 exclusive physical shmup release. It could be. There, uh, it's nice to see that. I mean, limited run games is becoming more and more. Uh, as they announced that they would be, it's becoming more and more just like another publisher at this point. Yeah. Instead, instead of this niche thing, uh, but it, it's, yeah, it's definitely nice to see them taking on more stuff like this, and hopefully, it's one of those ones that is a evergreen, like they're doing with. I know that Battleaxe they did on uh, Shredder's Revenge are doing it. Hopefully, meaning hopefully it's a title that that they keep reprinting and keeps coming back in stock. Okay. Uh, June fifth sees the re-release of a game called I can't pronounce that. No. That <laughs> 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 uh, was this e- Egrenu. I think it's Eigengrau. Eigengrau. Okay. Oh, uh, it came from the moon. It is Einhunter Two Eigengrau. No. Well, it looks German to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But <laughs> if you if it's German, you must go. I can't. I can't. No. <laughs> June fifth. <laughs> have like very guttural sound. June fifth sees the release of a game called Eigengrau from developer Moss Games. It has a combination of auto scrolling and stack stages, a melee mechanic with bullet canceling and the ability to aim your ship in the four cardinal directions to fire at enemies. There are 50 stages in total, and it'll be available on Steam and itch.io. A free demo is available. I'm going to just have to get this game so I can figure out how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, just watching the, the demo reel, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I got I got a lot of different vibes when I was, when I was checking that out, and it looks like... Um, there are multiple approaches that the developer is is trying to take with this. Were any of those vibes that you got? Oops, they were not. Oh. Uh, the rights to the Trigger Heart Exelica name have passed to a company in Japan known as Cosmomachia, who are planning on carrying the IP forward. Uh, originally by Dodo and released by Wadashi, Dodo have apparently been uh, missing in action for a number of years. And, um, and, and, uh, no one has heard from them. Uh, Cosmomachia has recently been involved with the Castle of Shikigami and Castle of Shikigami 2 remakes on PC and Switch. And they plan on making a new Trigger Heart Excelica game and also hope that they'll be able to acquire the rights to the original release so that they can put that on a modern console. Am I remembering correctly that Trigger Heart Excelia is the game where you spin for great justice? Yeah, you grab enemies and then you spin them around and you can then throw them and you can use that to cancel bullets or create large explosions and it kind of plays into the scoring mechanic. Yep. I'm looking forward to that then. Let's all spin for great justice. Yeah, I mean, you know, the game was out on Dreamcast in Japan and... PS2 in Japan, and then we got a 360 version, which we got digitally here in the West, but it would sure be nice to 
have that a bit more widely available. You know, I, even after playing uh, probably an hour of Trigger Heart Excelia, I'm still less dizzy than playing five minutes of Star Wars Battle Pod. Yes. 1987 UPL multi-directional shooter Arc Area is released on Arcade Archives for Switch and P PS4. Yeah, I don't really have any background on this one. I don't either, but it's always good to them when we get another shmup release on the PS4 and the Switch. I wonder how long the Arcade Archives are going to hang around on the PS4. And technically, they could also, due to BC, backwards compatible, go with uh, PS5. But I wonder, and as you said, we are starting to see some PS5-only releases. I wonder if we're going to start seeing that more and more now. That's, that's possible, yeah. Uh, the Batsugan Saturn Tribute boosted physical release has come out in Japan. And the digital release uh, there as well. The digital uh, version of the Western release has been pushed back, though there, there was no explanation as to why, as far as I could see. And then the Western physical is still forthcoming. Um, now, I know the the S-Tribute or Saturn Tribute uh, series has kind of got a bad rap. I'll be curious to see how this one is, because um, Chef Vitaris reviewed this on his... YouTube channel here last weekend, I think it was, uh, as we record this. And when I asked him about that, I, you know, I posted on his uh, video and I said, I, I said, what is the, what is the lag like? And he said it felt smooth. He did not detect any. Now, of course, p different people are sensitive to the lag and, and others, but um, I would be, I would be curious to know from some of the more hardcore players if anyone tests it to see you know what kind of what kind of latency it has you've already got mark msx uh, voice echoing your head too well i may not be that sensitive to input delay but uh at this point anything that i can uh, use to give me an edge would be helpful and if that means playing on a lower latency setup or port then that's what I'm going to do. Yep. Um, yeah, I just recently picked this up myself, and I have yet to try it, so I'm hoping I can at least get a general idea of what's going on, but generally the S-Tribute stuff has not been well regarded. I mean, I'll be happy this is an exception, but generally they have not fared well. Yeah. G-Mode has released a mobile phone version of Game Paradise as far as their G-Mode archive series preserving older mobile games. Excellent. Yeah, I always like these because they're cheaper and they offer a chance to try something there. Plus, it's not like they're trying to sell you these at, you know, $15 as some DLC. Right. And it's just cool that some of this stuff is getting preserved so that it's not just lost forever. Yeah, I wonder, I don't know how many of these require some old version of Java that you have to work around. Probably quite a few. I'll bet. 
A new doujin game called Aqua Ippon has been announced, which is a very obvious tribute to the Metal Slug games, right down to the art style. A demo is now available on itch.io. Yeah, this looks like a spitting image of Metal Slug in many respects, and I'm I'm here for it. You're here for the cease and desist. Huh. <laughs> no, there was a game that came out recently. Well, recently I think, but it, it's probably been what six or seven years now. There was a game that looked like Metal Slug had very similar sprite and art style, but it. Was it d- definitely didn't play as that. Do you know which game I'm talking about? Oh, uh, not off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but uh, it w- that came very similar to it. But it, but the only other game I know of that has been played very similar to Metal Slug was the uh, kite. Was it Kaiser Shooter by uh, NG Dev? Oh, I don't know about that. Kraut Krautbuster, I think is oh, the actual name. Yeah. Wait, were you talking about uh, Gunner's Heaven? No, there was one that that came out, but it was supposed to be a very similar art style. But it uh, it was more more like an adventure type game. It was very different. Um, oh, of course, I'm gonna. Oh, you know what? The other thing that we haven't seen too is is. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics, right? That was supposed to be coming out soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the... And then there was that Metal Slug game that came on the PS2. Oh, that was bad. But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, um... What was the game that... Of course, I'll find this this later, but this is... uh, um, Okay, Mercenary Kings. Oh, yes. That game looks very similar, but doesn't play anywhere near what you play with. So, you know what game does sort of play like a Metal Slug game, though, is the um, Bro Force. It's oh, not yes. quite left to right, but yeah, it very much has a ton in cheek humor. Yeah, Bro Force is great. No, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find my spot here. Developer and publisher Toyama is releasing Music Summoner on Steam in June, and the game is in early access now. It's a musical-themed bullet hell game where bullet patterns, enemies, and animations are all synced to the background music. It's got a very nice 8-bit look to it. This seems like it's right up my alley right until you have me at rhythm, because that is something that I am terrible at. Just ask my wife and kids. But... (laughs) I tried uh, Crypto the Necro Dancer, and I tried um, what's that Zelda game that was based upon that? Oh yes, um, Cadence Something of Hyrule. Yep, Cadence. I found out I had a much better enjoyment of the game when I turned all the dancing elements off. <laughs> uh, understandable. Uh, Ship to Shore Records is doing a two LP vinyl release for Gradius Gaiden with pre-orders up now. And you better believe I have already pre-ordered. Nice. I, I bet you that one of them, one of the side B is just them saying you need more practice. <laughs> I do oh, hope the voice clips are on there somewhere. 
I hope they are too. If it was like, if it was an actual PS1 game, it just reminded me of like Track Two, right? This game, this is intended for a PlayStation console. This should not be used on audio player. You need more practice. <laughs> All right, and I guess I get this one because why not? You know, as if the world needed another one, Deep Space Waifu Legends is coming soon and available for you to uh, blacklist, I mean, uh, wishlist on Steam. Yes. And for those who for those who listen to the podcast and think that Deep Space Waifu is a joke that we have made up on the podcast, no, it's a real game. I do not encourage you to go look it up on Steam. But it is a real game, and that's why we make fun of it. Meanwhile, they probably make a heck of a lot more money than us. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, Defense Drone Protocol is a new indie shooter in development from the uh, folks who run the ShmupDB account on Twitter. And currently in the alpha stage, but can be downloaded and played for free now via itch.io. Very nice. A new flip grip competitor has emerged with a page on Amazon JP, although it's currently sold out. It apparently works with the Switch OLED, while the existing flip grip struggles to do that properly. You know, this. They should call it like the Flip Grip Ultra or something. Huh? And we'll, the best thing I've seen for doing something in Tate mode is I've seen those uh, cell phone stands that work with the Switch. Now, basically, have a big enough base to work with the Switch. And uh, the, that way you can just sort of hold your Switch in a Tate or uh, vertical setup. That way you don't even need to worry about having your Joy-Cons mounted on the side or whatever. You would just flip it, put it in its little holder, and game away. Yeah. Uh, There's a little bit of info on, on this on Twitter that I saw. And I don't remember if it was something from the marketing or a translation from the Amazon listing, but something about... It said something about... Uh, being more magical than the flip grip, I think, because it uh, can handle the OLED. So that's kind of funny. Xenofighters R continues to see frequent updates from the dev, with version uh, 0.336 now releasing on itch.io. All right, and Xenofighters are. I'm trying to think of. That what's the what's the game that came out that was uh, came from the Neo Geo CD? That was that wasn't Xenofire. What what was the one that came out that came out on the Genesis and everyone played it? And then it came out on the the seat the um, then it came out on the Dreamcast. Oh, Xeno Crisis. Xeno Crisis. I I was looking at that recently, but apparently there's a Nintendo 64 port now. Yep. A new retro-styled STG called Gyromancer is released on Switch in June of 2023. From HT Project developer of the Topan throwback game Gyroblade, this takes the same style but is a free-roaming twin-stick shooter 
where you can aim your helicopter around and fire targets. Very nice. I, the gyro yeah. controls on there. That, yeah, that seems... For some reason, I'm thinking when you said gyro, I thought of waggle. <laughs> the Wii. I was thinking, wait a second here. You got to shake, 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 shake it to win. Oh, yeah. I played Gyroblade a bunch on my phone. Um, you know, just casually sitting on the couch and we'll pull it up for a few minutes and, and play. It's very, it's very sort of Twin Cobra inspired, but Gyro Gunner definitely looks like an evolution and uh, <clears throat> a different approach. Nice, right, so I'll have to take a look. Apparently, Xeno Crisis is actually on the GameCube as well. Very oh. weird. Very weird. It's just coming to everything. I guess. It's coming to Netflix soon. <laughs> That's why they need the extra seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> All uh, right. Closing things out, um, I wanted to make sure and highlight this. Uh, it's a new indie shooter coming up uh, called Ghana Blade, which is um, supposed to be releasing on Steam in August 2023. Um, based on what I saw and, and played, it looks inspired by Crisis Force and other 8 and 16-bit games. It has Sunsoft uh, NES-style music and is from developer Liao Kai. And uh, there's a three-stage demo available on Steam right now. I downloaded this uh, when I saw the announcement a couple of nights ago just to mess around with it, and I was immediately sucked in. So I'm definitely going to be watching for this one to release, and we'll look forward to, um, to seeing what the full game has to offer, because so far, I'm impressed. I am so glad you took that one, because I almost called it Ganja Blade. <laughs> Hey, we be schmuppin' man. <laughs> Come try the demo, man. No, I'm not yet there, Black, since there. Gotcha. Wow. Oh, uh, boy. And on that note, we're out of here. I'm Monty Python here. The people responsible for sacking the people who have been responsible have been sacked. Yes. All right, so now that we've moved, we've got the shmup news that you can use, let's move on to our game and participants for the month. So for the month of April, we played Star Parodier, and our participants were Pony Trigon, Schlarp, Viag, Corkman77, Drake Dunstan, Synthathron Prime, a Creighton, and a Roguish Ham. So let's talk a little bit about Star Parodier. It was developed by Kinnico and published by Hudson Soft. It was released for the PC Engine CD-ROM-ROM in April of 1992. It parodies or parodies Hudson's own properties, including Star Soldier, Hector 87, also known as Starship Hector, Bomberman, and others. The game was localized and planned for a North American release as Fantasy Star Soldier, but never happened, presumably due to the bankruptcy of Turbo Technologies Interactive. It received a Wii Virtual Console release in 2008, including North American and Europe, 
and was included in the PC Engine Best Collection Soldier Collection release for PSP in 2008 alongside Superstar Soldier, Final Soldier, and Soldier Blade. I think that collection right now is on, a little bit on Ted on the expensive side. I think it's like $80 or something, if I remember. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm lucky that I got in when it was not expensive. Yeah, it's sort of funny that it's cheaper to buy the original release than it is to buy the PSP collection. Yeah. It was also included on the Turbo Graphics, Core Graphics, and PC Engine Mini consoles in 2020. All right, so let's move on to the story. In a vast, infinite universe, a world full of silence, on it a var- full variety of life. A dying star, a coming star, the breath of the universe that is received from life to life never ends forever. The battle between Mother Brain and Neo Caesar was nothing more than a chaos in the expanse of the infinite space. And time has flowed. Emergency occurrence. Emergency occurrence. A communication about the crisis of the planet Parson reaches the Earth Guard Corps Kagura Saka branch. Tension runs on Bomberman's face. Everything is ready to be dispatched. Three aircraft are deployed from the Kagura Saka branch of the Earth Guard Corps. When the guns are attached to Pero Caesar and Bomberman is equipped with a crash bomb, and the PC engine is equipped with a Hue card, the mission preparement is completed. The three planes that hold the key to the fate of planet Parson finally take off. It felt like I was saying um, the the plot to rock on there was slightly <laughs> more sense than what you normally get out of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's an awful lot of story for what is ostensibly a a parody. Spaceship shoot later, game. go boom. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely out there. It's not like to the point of. We've created an entire storyline of magna, manga and uh, anime for to tell you how Life Force fits within the Gradius universe here, but it is definitely up there. And if I remember correctly, the ship that they launch from is a Super Graphics. Yes. So I, I gotta love that. Also, I think I'm gonna use this uh, phrase from now on. Emergency occurrence. Emergency occurrence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. We have an emergency occurrence here. Uh, tension runs on Bomberman's face. <laughs> I have never seen the Bomberman's got like it's like the Grinch. He's got one look. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what, have you have you seen a sad Bomberman? Have you seen a happy Bomberman? Uh, I mean, for the most part, it's the same face, it, and then he becomes lo- becomes Load Runner, doesn't he? Isn't that the weird lore that they crafted? Something if you like beat that. Bomberman, he turns into Load Runner. Man, yeah, this is getting like deep that. here. I thought Namco lore was messed up. <laughs> All right, now that we've had a, a little fun at the story's expense. Let's move on over to gameplay. Would you like to take over? Sure. Um, it's a pretty basic setup with the game. Um, there's a, a main game mode that is sort of the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the game. And when you start, then uh, when you start the normal game, as it says on the title screen, you have a choice of three characters to play with. 
Um, the center character and the one that is selected by default is Paro Caesar, which is a chibi version of the Superstar Soldier version of the ship. And the base of fire or red fire that you have is a straight shot that upgrades to a twin shot and then a twin shot with a back shot and a three-way shot, uh, which is three-way forward and then five-way, your kind of traditional Star Soldier five-way fire. The yellow um, power-up in the game for Paro Caesar is this... Uh, fires this sort of cloud thing that explodes on impact that upgrades to a larger cloud then one that fires off and ricochets bullets left and right and then finally one that ricochets left and right and downward left and right at a 45 degree angle and then the blue power up will give you a thin laser that upgrades to a twin laser then a twin laser with these secondary laser wave shots that fire off kind of to the side and out. Then you get a, a thick laser with two-way waves, uh, or a, excuse me, a thick laser with waves, and then a twin thick laser with two sets of waves that fire out and then go both up and down. Your bomb that you can pick up, um, when you detonate that, it's just a standard large explosion that clears enemies, but does not clear bullets. And that is an important uh, thing to remember in this game. And then your standard weapon pickups that you get are uh, white and white and color orbs, uh, just like the ones you see in Superstar Soldier. And then you can also play the game with Bomberman. And it's your standard Bomberman character in white, blue, and pink. And again, the base or red fire option shoots forward like the Paro Caesar. Then you get a twin forward shot, then a twin forward shot and this angled backward shot, and then a triple forward and angled backward shot. Uh, Bomberman's yellow uh, firepower shoots out these large red balloons alongside a standard forward shot, and it shoots two balloons at once. Then uh, you upgrade it again, and um, it increases the number of balloons that you fire until I think when it's fully powered up, it's, it's either four or six balloons. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and one distinction with that is that the balloons have some ability to cancel some enemy fire. And then the blue power-up is a large bomb shot that explodes on impact, uh, causing uh, splash damage. That upgrades to a twin bomb shot, and a three-way, and then a three-way with backward fire, and then a five-way shot with larger, larger splash damage. Um, when you detonate a bomb with Bomberman, that creates a four-way hyper shot that lasts for a couple of seconds and damages anything in its path, but again, does not clear bullets. And then the secondary pickups um, are options. And um, which you can get up to three little mini Bombermen trailing you or a shield that can take three hits. 
And I forgot to mention the um, the op or the optional pickups for the Paro Caesar are also a spinning shield and then um, homing missiles. And then your third character you can play the game with is PC Engine, with is which is an anthropomorphic version of the standard white PC Engine console with arms, legs, and eyes. Uh, the again the base or red fire starts as a single forward shot, then a forward shot, and sort of left and right fire, then a twin forward and left and right, and then twin forward with twin left and right, and then twin forward with triple left and right. The yellow power up gives you uh, a forward shot, a twin forward shot, and homing missiles. And then each upgrade gives you more missiles until the final one, which makes them faster. And then the blue power-up fires out CDs, and that fires your CDs forward, and then you get two at an angle, and then you get a triple shot, and then at the heaviest uh, power level, you get a twin forward and twin backward fire of large CDs. And one of the things specific to the CDs is that they are piercing. And so they will go through things, much like the uh, laser weapon with Paro Caesar. Uh, your bomb creates a spinning, a pair of spinning energy orbs that grow larger as they move outward from you for a moment to damage enemies. Again, they don't clear bullets; they only destroy or damage enemies. And then your secondary pickups are a P icon that provides a pair of spinning PC engine pads around your avatar which can block some bullets, and you can upgrade that to three pads and then four at max level. And then the S power-up gives you a shield that's uh, just a bubble around the PC engine. So which one of these did you enjoy playing as the most here? What, what was your go-to sh uh, go to ship? Well, I mean, I cleared the game with all three characters, um, but... I would say my favorite is probably the PC Engine, uh, because the homing missiles are, especially when you're fully powered up, they are outstanding. Good choice. Yeah, I preferred the Paro Caesar, at least from playing it. It felt like it moved a little faster than the other two, and I d definitely like the piercing laser, but something about playing an anthropomorphic uh, PC Engine is <laughs> pretty fun. Yeah, definitely. Now you can adjust your speed by hitting the select button. And the interesting thing about that is it works different than the other PC Engine uh, Star Soldier games. Most of the time you would just hit select to go up in speed until you reach the max and then it cycles back to the initial speed level. But in this game it, it has this weird thing where you have a default speed, you hit select to go to the faster speed, and you hit select again to go back to default, and you hit select again to go to a slower speed, and then select again to go back to default. I don't know why Kaneko chose to do that, but it's kind of a weird approach. Now the additional pickups that you can grab for any characters is uh, the B icon, which gives you a bomb in stock, uh, the 1-up, which of course gives you an extra life, 
The heart icon will convert one of your lives in stock to a what's called a special life, similar to what we discussed with um, blazing lasers. And that gives you instant respawn instead of going back to a checkpoint. The question mark pickup will grant you a random power-up, uh, which sometimes will be a point item or the same weapon you already have, but you, you have to be careful because sometimes it will change the weapon that, uh, that you're using. Uh, the yellow orbs are only for points. And then there's a power down icon as well, which is a sort of a teal round, you know, circle shape with yellow Japanese text on it. And definitely want to avoid that. Yeah, that was sort of the weird part of this. Is I think I spend as much time avoiding the power ups as trying to collect them. It's not quite, um, it's not quite Fire Shark Stage Three with the green power ups, but. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and they sort of tend to just sort of stick on there. You, when you get them on there, they they take a while to get off the screen, which is nice. But on the flip side, when you want them to get off the screen because they're eating up your valuable dodge space, it can get a little haphazard. It's not a big deal, as you, I'm certain we'll get into this, as you start with the beginner stages, like one, two and you could probably say four, but once you get into later stages, it becomes annoying and this stuff really starts flying at you. Yeah. Well, speaking of all the right. stages... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I wasn't sure if you want me to take care of the stages or not, that's all. Go for it. Alright, so uh, speaking of the stages, let's take a look at them. Stage one has you flying through sort of this Japanese amusement park. It's sort of interesting. Uh, it, it, it's it's fair. It's well, I wouldn't even call it tame. I, I'd say it, it, it's a really easy introduction to the game. And the mid boss of the four girl sisters, you just stay in the bottom left hand corner and fire, and you can defeat them. It's not really anything that you should be aware of. I think that mostly they give you to sort of get used to all the different power-ups and find sort of a play style that, me that fits for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, yeah, the boss of stage one, the Mountain Hand Junior Popo, which is basically, a, I think, a, a snake boss in Gradius. It, it just circles around you and then tries to ram you at different spots it is still very easy to take care of you have to shoot the f first car in the train of cars it's extremely easy stage two now i'm trying to remember if oh that was the uh, tetris blocker the toy one I, at first, I thought I was replaying a little bit of like magical chase when you get into stage two, and you're, and you're starting out and you've got the blocks underneath you. But then I started taking a closer look at those blocks. They aren't like regular geometric, generic geometric shapes. Those are te tetronomos. Huh. Someone's playing Tetris, and they got away with it. <laughs> yeah, stage two is sort of. <laughs> Interesting, it's got that very um, ja very Japanese, but very uh, Japanese circus. It's uh, hard to explain. You got that, that very weird clown that holds up signs, and then stuff shoots out from you. The 
Clown Kai as the mid boss. It's only interesting. I guess it, it sort of reminds me like maybe he wouldn't be out of place in a boss from uh, Airzonk. Yeah, and here's something that I didn't even know uh, until recently, but apparently the the Clown Kai boss he throws these sort of tiles down at you um but since i don't read japanese i didn't realize one of those tiles has a different text on it um i was just gonna pull this up here um or a hidden a hidden spot where yeah bonus stage and so um Oh, no, wait, this is, I'm sorry, this is later in the game. I'm yep. thinking of something later in the game. Never mind. Oh, okay. I'll cut that. It's all right. And cut. So, the uh, the boss of stage two was so interesting. It reminded me of those um, puzzles that you see where they have those magnetic tiles that all link together. It's called a folding cube, but... It's sort of like this magic act where it turn into different shapes and then you got to avoid the bullets. Uh, one of them's a snake, another one's a UFO. I mean, a pretty neat idea for a boss. Yeah, definitely um, a little bit more imagination in that one. Yep. And stage three is, you know, is the beach stage or the water stage where you have the double bubble or basically the giant enemy crabs. I, I like these bosses. They're funny, and I really appreciate the nice touch where they just start foaming at the mouth when you destroy them. Then yep. the you go underwater after you destroy the crabs, and you fight the boss of the stage, Mambo Mambo, which is a sunfish, if I remember correctly, with the maracas. That <laughs> you, this one's a little difficult because you got to actually hit him as he faces you. And you can't get him, at least to, from my memory, you can't kill him from any other time. Right, yeah, he, he doesn't take damage unless he's facing you. And so it, it's a bit of a longer fight. And stage four is the ice stage, which you've got the Dodotanga. Dodotangora, sorry. And I'm trying to remember, is he, the Dodotanga, was that the giant. Was it a penguin? I'm trying to think of what the heck that. No, it's um. Oh, it's it's, like, it's a seal. It's a it's a seal, yeah, or a walrus. Yeah, that was a seal. Yeah, you fight a giant seal, and I this mid boss didn't really strike me as being that hard for Dota Tonga, but the the snowman Mark Three was was a little bit of a pain. The boss of the stage as he you shoot his head, throw his head at you, and then sort of charge at you. Right. And later and on, he starts to throw snowballs. Yeah, and the snowballs can be a little unpredictable. And this is stage four is probably where you're going to end up with your first wall. The game, I think most people would make it through stages one through three without too much trouble. So uh, stage five is where where they give a little bit more of your. Um, Shoot, uh, the, the game I'm thinking of here, the uh, Atari game with the Nazica lines. Oh, yes. Uh, um, Xevious. 
Zebus, thank you. Uh, stage five starts out with me a little bit more of the weirdness or the occult. You've got your different shapes on your pyramid, your Nausicaa lines. Uh, maybe playing a little bit of a joke on Zevius. You have your mid-boss, which is Hibaruka comic show, which is just... There's this little guy playing a flute and these different uh, snakes come out. And I love the voice samples of this. Red snake. Yeah. Yellow snake. snake. Come on. <laughs> you do better than I can. Yeah. There you go. Have you ever thought of doing a voiceover in video games? You could do it. Oh. It'd be fun. Yeah. So the, I remember correctly the red snake fires a pillar. Is that right? A flame? You know, I forget what the attacks are from each one, but you have to destroy each one, and then they'll... Oh, here we go. Yeah, the green snake spews fire at the player. The yellow snake shoots three lasers. The red snake spitting, spitting fireballs. Yeah, it's a fun little diversion, and it, as it says with Comic Show, it's just wacky fun. Yep. And then the... Main boss of this Ferroto. This one can be a little difficult. He comes in from the side and then jumps in, and you have to shoot him as he sort of pops out and basically plays peekaboo <laughs> screen to shoot him as he jumps out from there. And then the rock pieces stop, and you got to the flames, and it it can be a, a little difficult to take him out in the second form. Yeah. Well, and two, you also have to watch out because when you first go into that uh, boss room, this uh, wall closes in behind you. If you are standing, if your if your ship is at the bottom of the screen, you will get hit by the wall and take damage. That's no good. All right, so moving on to stage six, which is where the game really starts to ramp up. And it starts off with like a circuit board, right? You start by fighting the Starship Mark II there, which I guess is as close to a Gradius type boxes boss as you're gonna get. Yeah, it's a it's a fairly fairly standard spaceship in some ways. There's not too much to it. And the end boss is quite creative, a giant black bomber man. He starts yeah. walking through there and dropping bombs. Yeah, and it actually has a Bomberman um, maze layout as well. So it's not really a maze, but there are blocks that you can't move through. And so you have to move between them, uh, which is a nice touch. Yeah, now keep in mind, and we are keeping his family friendly. We said he's dropping bombs, not dropping F-bombs. <laughs> Uh, now moving on to stage seven. Stage seven is where it could be a little bit troublesome here if if you don't have fully powered up. Is this is the bubble stage, and these bubbles can really get to you fast if you don't have the right amount of firepower. So the mid boss is Devil Man, and I, I thought that he was rather easy compared to the main stage itself. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's uh, it's basically a dude in what looks like a kind of traditional devil costume kind of a thing. And he throws 
uh, pitchforks at you. Well, I mean, hey, if, if you can walk the walk, you know, talk the talk, might as well do it. Yep. Yep, and then the boss is Jumbo Makinder Mark II Hanako. And it's the comical version or a par parody of the original Jumbo Makinder from Superstar Soldier. It shoots so many missiles from and beams from his hand, and they're launched at the player. Yeah, if the player waits for while after both of the boss arms are destroyed it will drop a bonus stage sign which the player can pick up warping the player to the bonus stage once the boss is defeated yeah and this is what i wanted to make sure and mention because i did not see this during the game uh, because i didn't wait for that bonus stage sign to drop i didn't even know it was a thing but yeah you warp to the bonus stage and <laughs> it's this like naked anime girl in the bath um and you're you have to like she throws out power-up items and all that's all that stuff and if you Deep shoot, space waifu yeah and if you shoot at the at the girl all it does is just make bubbles fly out i don't think you uh i don't think she attacks you or you take damage there was another game like this that had some it wasn't Quite like a native, there's a girl in a bathroom. People are saying, How can this get past the sensor? I think it was Zezix oh. that had that. But there was also a, sort of a weird one there. There's the uh, one of the endings to um, that the PC engine where you're trying to escape from hell to get into heaven. The, the zombie also came out on the Famicom. Um, it's a very it's Taito. Uh, let me see here. Taito. What the heck that game is. Now it's gone. It wasn't Kiki Kai Kai. It, you're trying to. Uh, I know that, that our friend of the show here, or DJ Cyclone 1, has definitely played this. Oh. It's a Taito game where you're tr trying to. Uh, get out of get out of hell. I know um, what you're talking about. Is it a Taito or was it Namco? I thought it was Taito, isn't it? I thought it was a Namco game. It was a Namco? Okay. Let me take a look here. Oh, it is Namco. Yokai Dochuki. Yeah. Yes. Yes, the Yokai Dochuki. There's another part in there where if you go into heaven, it's a bunch of a bunch of girls in, in a bath-like scene. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. I'm sure that there, that on Hardcore Gaming 101, there's probably an article about this type of stuff. Huh. Video games with women in baths. <laughs> that could be. All right. So moving on to stage eight. Stage eight is the one stage that I absolutely... Uh, I, I can't stand it because it's got the speed trap. The beginning speed trap just annoys me to no end. Yes. But the boss, the mid boss is fun. The bomber walker, which is basically a bomberman in a mech. It's a red bomberman in a green mech. Moves up and down, swinging his spike ball chain, and while well, two flames on the side drop embers on the screen, the flames must be uh, the flames must be defeated first, and they'll drop well, lots of embers whenever they're hit. Yeah, the this boss is a little bit annoying, but compared to the speed trap, 
I'll take the, the mid boss any day. And then the, the last boss is the revived Mother Brain, which is sort of weird. She, it starts out as a princess. Yeah. She's st still shooting fast-moving lasers, which turn 90 degrees when aligned with the players. After taking enough damage, she reveals her true form, appearing as a floating brain with two eyes. Floats about sending small chunks of meat at the player. Well, she'll make a duplicate of herself. On her third form, she leaves the screen, summoning a large ship. It fires its two full frontal guns, missiles, and punches with boxing gloves and shoots lasers from out the front. The red cockpit is weak, weak spot. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> and then once the ship is destroyed, the boss emerges from it, growing a tentacle, the target planet on it. It will swing the tentacle around, with shooting chunks of meat in eight directions instead of hitting the boss directly. The player must sh shoot the target panel instead. It's just sort of a weird ending <laughs> to this. I mean, Airzonk was pretty weird, but this this uh, might be a little weirder. Yeah, but it's definitely a um, it's definitely a a more I don't know interesting fight in some ways than some of the other bosses. Well, it's certainly memorable. For sure. Was there any particular stage that stood out to you, or stages that stood out to you, good and bad? Oh, not necessarily. I mean, stage uh, stage three is interesting because um, there's there's a decent amount going on in that one, and stage stage five definitely. Can uh, can be a a bit of a problem if you're if you take a lot of hits or you don't stay powered up, it can get hairy a little bit. And then yeah, of course, stage oh, sorry, uh, stage um, five as well. You know, being pretty much the Hector eighty seven parody, and definitely some some blazing lasers in there as well. Yeah, stage three is definitely one of my favorites. And I did stage five was nice, but stage I, I think that once you hit stage five, it, and especially with stage six, it gets to the point where if you die, you're going to be using up quite a bit of bombs to get yourself there. And we probably should cover on this as far as the gameplay is concerned. The first four stages themselves are pretty easy. They give you a whole bunch of lies. They give you a whole bunch of bombs. But then when once you get to about stage five, they they almost cut you off entirely from bombs. You get maybe a one or two per stage, and extra lies even less so. Because they expect you at that point to have gotten used to the game and how the mechanics have worked. And if you end up dying, the game doesn't restart your checkpoint, it, or doesn't. I'm trying to remember. If you end up dying, to does it actually hit you? You don't restart at a checkpoint, right? I think it continues you. Um, in, yeah, in stage eight, if you, if you, if you continue, assuming you got past the speed trap, then you, you start at the checkpoint. Okay. But I, I thought like if you're dying like stage six or something, does it start you off at the beginning at a checkpoint or does it continue right then and there or forget? Well, it does if, uh, it, it does start you off at the checkpoint if you haven't if you run out or have not been collecting the special. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just go back to what. So, within the beginning, the first four stages or so, they give you a lot of lives and a lot of bombs in order to sort of fill you up for the later stages where they don't, they sort of cut off and you're forced to start playing everything with with the expectation you're not going to die and you're used to the game mechanics. If you end up dying, you do have the option on like Gradius to recover but you'll be spending a lot of time bombing in order to get yourself back up to speed so that way you can get enough power-ups. This sort of threw yeah. a couple people off. I'm sure we'll get into that in the comments. Yeah. One of the things that that uh, I ran into with this as well is that the iframes work really weird in this game. You don't have many of them. Um, but when you do have iframes then it also makes it so that you can't collect the power-ups. So you're invincible also to power-ups. <laughs> it's very strange. Remind me of those bad jokes where people would say, I'm, I'm not, what was it? I'm not only, um, I'm, was it? I'm, hair club for men. I'm not the, oh, uh, I'm not only the president, but I'm also a client. Yes, <laughs> those type of jokes. All right, so we talked about the stages. Let's move on to the game's difficulty. The game in default is normal difficulty, but there's also an easy and a hard mode, as well as another harder setting that can be unlocked by going into the options menu and setting the sound test to 0A or 0. This mode translates to something equivalent of impossible, according to the translated Japanese prototype. Uh, to, you know, impossible, ludicrous speed, perfect. <laughs> the game also contains the usual caravan mode, which includes both two and five minute contests. This is its own unique stage with its own mid and final boss. Once you beat the game, you can only see your final score by going into the options menu. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to play the caravan mode. Have you, you given a shot? Yeah, I messed with it a little bit. It's kind of neat. <laughs> the way you described it reminded me of that Marge Simpson thing on here. Oh. With, the, with the curtains. I just think they're neat. Yep. Alright. So let's talk about the graphics. They are, as you would expect in, in a cute em up they are extremely colorful and bright, visual appealing. Uh, the enemy projectiles don't quite have a way of standing out as much as they should. Times they're not quite to the point of Battle Garega, but they probably would be behoove them to make them a little bit more visible. Uh, overall, I mean, the character designs were fun. I, I had no spots in there. They go, what the heck is that thing? <laughs> there, there were all sorts of little ton-in-cheek nods to other Hudson games. And it wasn't to the point where it became too cutesy or too overdone. Right. Yeah, I think it was a. I think it was a balanced approach. Yeah, it definitely was um, up there with what Konami would do with their Proteus series. 
it, it didn't quite get into some of the weirdness we get with like sexy Proteus or some of that stuff, but it, more along the lines with a, a tamer Proteus doll. Sure. Yeah, that would make sense. Now, the soundtrack was pretty good. I liked it. it the catchy CD soundtrack with lots of variety. Uh, some of the sounds were taken with Super Star Soldier, and some feel like they're inspired by other Hudson games. Uh, the voice samples were a nice touch, as you uh, showed off earlier. <laughs> but uh, we think that maybe the game could have used a little bit more to make use full use of the CD-ROM ROM technology. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the bosses, when you fire at them, they just sort of. I don't know. It sounds like they're saying "hitta," like I'm, like I'm being hit or something. And you get a lot of that, um, where I feel like they could have maybe done more with that. Uh, yeah, some of the effects in there probably could have been used a little differently. On there are re- reused maybe a little bit too much, but overall it was pretty. Pretty well done. Uh, none of it got really grating or high pitched. Um, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't say that. It was a little grating, but some of it was. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for overall, most of the sound effects were pretty nice. Nothing stored at least overly like you get with the uh, over effects with Steel Vampire. I mean, n- right. nothing was overblown, but there were a couple things that were a little grating, like your fire hitting certain enemies, or you mentioned that high-pitched ping noise. Right. But, yeah, I so, mean, the soundtrack is, is pretty good, and stage three is my jam. Right. So on, on, a, on a scale of stream it to buy it, you probably buy the LP of this. Yeah, I probably would. All right, you heard it from Guru. So let's talk a little bit about scoring. Scoring is, well, pretty simple in this type of game of this age. You know, shoot everything that appears on screen. The yellow orbs are worth a thousand points. Power up icons at max grant additional points. And some enemy projectiles can be shut down for shot down for more points or things like broken ice crystals in the ice stage overall pretty basic there are a couple things that you can farm but for the most part you're getting most of your stuff by destroying his enemies as quickly and as many as possible yeah and honestly the only other the only other scoring option really is to literally just collect all the power-ups What type of madman would do that? <laughs> Alright, so from madman to madmen, let's talk about thoughts from the RF Generation community. Alright, so Pony Trigon answering the question from another member. You know how Proteus is Konami taking the piss out of themselves and parodying, parodying literally everything Konami did. Star Parodier is basically that, but it's Hudson Soft taking the piss out of themselves. Also, it's way easier than Proteus. The reason why I mention Hudson specifically is because of Scene 6. There's statues from the game Hector 87 there. Although it's not as weird as Proteus, it's way more kid-friendly. I learned about the chain deaths the hard way. It makes recovery a royal pain in the butt. 
especially when you get used to, say, a fully powered up PC engine. I do like in Scene 7, I believe, it's a nod to both Blazing Leaders, good old Tex Maxim, and Bomberman. Lesson learned, avoid the hearts, especially on Stage 5 and above. The biggest issue is the instant respond was recovery, especially in later stages. New personal best. We posted a photo of a score. Scene 7 is a nightmare. Holy smokes. PC Engine's Vulcan is so pretty good for the first half, though. I learned that Shield is actually really good for places like Scene 5 onwards. Shield can take up a good few hits, so it's very useful when things are starting to heat up. So, I'm giving Easy Mode a whirl, and oh boy, this is quite literally Kid Mode. So I'm having a friend translate the three difficulty modes and screen sizes. Give it a moment. She's struggling a little bit with the stylized kanji. The difficulties are as follows. Kids lunch, ordinary, awesome, and super amazing. Screen sizes are household use and arcade. Yeah, that's the problem on here. All my SDGs are set to a household use. I need to set them to arcade. If I mention the stages better, I can probably get a 1cc in this game. Sorry, if I memorize the stages better, I can probably get a 1cc on this game. Maybe a bento box on normal. I did a 1cc of Star Priority here last night on Sack Lunch with PC Engine. Wow, I must have been really tired I, if I didn't notice that. I think my score was in the 2 million range. Now I'm going to try again with another character. Sack Lunch, as the name implies. Pretty easy to get the hang of. If you're used to play on Ordinary, you'll notice the difference almost immediately, especially with the bosses. It's like the game wants you to power up quickly, so that around, say, scene 5, it decides to finally punch you in the gut and steal your lunch money. Those hands, man. And that's one thing we didn't touch upon earlier that we probably should have, but the, those power-up stealing hands can be really annoying when you're trying to recover. Very much so. And they're worse on the higher difficulties. Oh, yeah. Hands off. Lego my Lego my, uh, my power up <laughs> If someone go. were to ask ask me, hey, I want to get into Schmutz, but I think they're too hard to punish me. What game should I start with? At this point, I'd say this game. Star Parodier has an inviting atmosphere with all the cutesy characters and memorable stages. A great choice for anyone who's getting into Schmutz. Kids and adults alike. That feels like an infomercial right there. I love it. Star Parodier comes with an inviting atmosphere, all the cutesy characters and memorable stages your kids love. A great choice for anyone getting to shmups. Kids and adults love it. Remove stubborn pet stains. It slices, it dices. It makes Julian fries. Nice. I'll be honest, this is a comfort shmup for me. Just one of those shmups where if I were feel like shmupping but not suffering, I play this and just enjoy myself. Now then, to my pros and cons. Pros. I like how there's three different characters to pick from, ranging from very easy character to get used to, the PC engine, and a more difficult character to get used to, Bomberman. 
I'll be honest, when I first played this game, I thought the characters were the difficulty because I had a hard, pretty good time with Perro Caesar in PC Engine, but Bomberman took some getting used to. Much like Parodius, the game has had some basically parodying themselves, with scenes 4 through 6 being excellent examples. All the bosses are nicely themed with their respective stages, and I love scene 5's mini boss respectively. The Snake Jammer, where I always think he says, Snake, come out. Yes. Oh, it's time. Yellow Snake. Green Snake, come out. <laughs> Alright, so let's move on to those cons. Those dang hands. On the higher difficulties, those hands showed up to snatch power up, usually a vital one. If you're hurting really bad, which you will be a lot. Oh, you will be. Mainly on scene 6 or higher, chain deaths. As much as I like the idea of the heart allowing you to keep going, kind of like Salamander, it leads to a lot of problems, especially in regards to recovery. I give this game a 8 cue cards out of 10. Yeah, like Glad I like the, the hands are more of a problem on the higher difficulties. When I did a run on the uh, on hard and then on the highest difficulty, wow, your best your best option with that is to let power ups come pretty far down the screen, uh, or let the carriers of the power ups come pretty far down the screen before you destroy them, because otherwise the hands will jump up and try to grab them, and if you don't destroy those hands fast enough, those power-ups are gone. Another reason for to say, let go of my power-up Yep. Uh, Schlarp joined in and said, just had my first round. It's a bit difficult to tell what hurts and what, uh, and what not. Also, if enemies are dead or not. Some of my own missiles were also confusing. Yeah, the homing missiles can be a little confusing at times. Uh, and then later on, things were getting hairy in stage six. Lost most of my lives in there and had trouble recovering in stage seven. This time with Bomberman. Those bubbles are quite overwhelming. Uh, and some enemies steal the pickups. Yeah, the, the bubbles are probably one of the hardest parts of this game. Definitely. Alright, our next comment is from Varg. Honestly, this game is pretty fun. Just suffers from old game syndrome. Made before the scenes were ever any sort of standard. Retroarch is annoying with these screen caps. I got to the end of stage 6 with zero deaths. Shane died from... 17 down to 7 lives until the mid-boss is stage 7, then chain die the rest of the bubble section after that. Punching robot boss is really tricky, still not 100% sure on how to dodge that. Not like I am capable of getting out of stage 7 with my power-ups, and after the annoying boss of stage 6 took all of mine, it's almost impossible to recover through stages 7 and 8. Sure, you can survive, but I can't figure out how to upgrade again. Tried another run today, ended up rage quitting at the stage 6 boss after dying once in stage 4 boss, and not managing to recover full power ever again since. Power ups are super plentiful in the first stages, 
but extremely rare and dangerous to go for in later parts where you actually need them. Yeah, this is what we're talking about in the comments there, where they sort of front load you with a whole bunch of bombs and lives and make you lure you into a false sense of security. You know, like like a, a warm futon or a warm blanket on a cold winter's day. And oh, then yes. you find out that you have to pee. <laughs> uh. Tried another run today. Ended up rage quitting on the stage 6 boss after dying once on the stage 4 boss. Oh wait, I already went for that. Sorry. I was done with that. Oops. Yep. Uh, Corkman77 jumped in and said, All right, I'm joining the Clear Club and posted a picture of the Stage 8 Clear. I really worked on it this weekend. I did a save state at Stage 8 just to get some practice with that bear of a stage. What a difficulty spike. I practiced it, but still got pretty uh, crushed during the run. Got lucky to not run out of hearts during the run. Otherwise, checkpoint hell. Oh, and of course, I cleared it with Bomberman. And uh, then Corkman offered some final thoughts as well. Here's my thoughts for the month. This game is just plain fun for the first six or seven levels. I love that Bomberman and a PC Engine are playable characters. Some of the enemies and bosses are funny and goofy. The opening cutscene as well as the scenes between levels are really charming. Like when all the Bombermen are loading a hue card into the PC Engine. The strange difficulty spike on level 8 on normal sours the experience some if you're trying to 1cc it. It's a good game for casual shmup fans and beginners to learn to deal with Gradius Syndrome in the later levels. After getting a 1cc on normal, I didn't really feel like playing it on a harder difficulty, but it's good to it's good that it's there if if you need it. I'll probably come back to this game every once in a while just for fun and laughs. Yeah, I think that you really nailed it there with the analysis of the game. I concur that this is sort of a, a popcorn shmup. This is something that you're going to put in and play for a little bit and get some enjoyment out of it, then you're going to sort of be done with it. I'll go into a little bit more detail on here, but that was along the same lines that I was getting for the playthrough for this month. Our next comment comes to us from Synthatron Prime. Been a while since I played this. It's harder than I remember in all the later stages. Uh, we talked about there where it just seems to... <laughs> I think it was mentioned earlier, gut punch in the later stages. Especially stage 8, I'm looking at you. A. Uh, Creighton... Uh, says, I gave it a shot this morning. It's been a while since I played this one. Very fun so far. I died at the wizard boss, the one after the Bomberman boss. I sort of lost everything in the beginning of this stage. I was totally unprepared for what was happening. And then later on, uh, posted, Stage 8 chewed me up, but I did manage a decent score. Stage 8 boss, PC Engine ship, uh, I lost a few lives for sure. I think I had the speed on the low setting, which didn't help when I got to that part. 
Alright, a rogue sham says first ever attempt on the TurboGrafx 16 Mini. Also still on some meds from an earlier appointment. Not the ones that help either. And the only medication I found that helps me with shmups has been caffeine. <laughs> I also have no idea what I'm doing since all the instructions are in Japanese, but I think I'm getting used to it. There's power downs in this one. Red power-ups suck. They're better than nothing. Learn to avoid them. No idea what the yellow overs do, but hearts, and I think hearts keep you from restarting at the checkpoint. Bomberman is a monster as long as you can keep him on blue and mildly powered up. First time I got there, stage 8, I had enough lives to just brute force my way through. Haven't been that level yet though, not bad for one day honestly. I did beat the score I posted, but not by too much. Not sure if I'll have time to really dig in before the end of the month though, but I'll post where I land. I think I almost beat it, not sure how many phases the last boss has. Figured out one problematic pattern without looking up though. I wanted to give it a few tries and watch the video because that's had half the fun. Also broke 2 million, and almost at 2.5 million. There's a few things in this game that have got on my nerves, but those grabby hands. Oh, hey look, I have no power-ups. Oh look, blue. Uh, never mind. Middle finger begins to itch. <laughs> I haven't figured out what those causes are, but it seems to be just random number generation. Another thing. I get the whole heart continue thing, but I wish I could choose to use them. Sometimes I'd rather restart the section and try to recover some power-ups. Got it, 1cc normal, almost 3 mil. What's the score stats strats for this game? Playing on hard didn't seem to boost it too much. I might keep trying for 3 mil, but there doesn't seem to be much meat on the bone for this one, honestly. Fun though. You can't ever really cheese those checkpoints for score because spending hearts isn't optional. It's just weird. I played the game for the month for for three days, and I kind of feel done with it. Well, try other characters? Why? I'm not going to get more kills that way, I guess. I guess I grab every power-up I see, or master the speed trap, but it doesn't feel entertaining. Don't get me wrong, I like the game, I just kind of feel I'm done with it. Tried a couple runs on hard. I can consistently get to the Egypt boss, but after that, eh, it's so far. I, I think I may be able to get a hard 1cc though. I'll see what I can do before the end of the month. I think it might be my last crack at the game on hard mode before the end of the month as I manage to get to the mid boss in the Bomberman stage. Well, certainly a lot of progress. Thanks for sticking with it. And, and there, I've... Yeah, I get uh, sort of echo those statements that this game is... Uh, what I refer to as a popcorn schmop, and, and I'll, I, gu I guess I can go into that now. Uh, when the PC engine was sort of, when I initially played them, I was amazed by the game, like Bonk, Bonk's Revenge, or you know, even Keith's Courage in Alpha Zone. Hey, what the heck? But uh, it just. It was a blip on my radar for a very short amount of time, and then it just sort of disappeared. But then I started hearing in the late 90s about all these incredible games that I missed with Dracula X and Star Parody, or had definitely been on that list that people point out whenever you say, What game should I, I got a, a PC Engine Duo or I got Turbo Graphics? What game should I play? Dracula X always comes up, Bonk, of course, comes up, Star Soldier comes up. But at the top of the list, at least probably within the first five or maybe in the first ten, you're going to come with Star Parodium. 
and I was really excited to try. Like, finally, I'm going to get to dive deep into this game. And I definitely enjoy the game and think it's fun to pop in and play. But it it doesn't quite have that polish that you would get from a Parodius game. Parodius games, starting from, let's say, Parodius Da, really know what they are and have that format. And I don't think this game quite has everything set. That being said, had they been chance maybe to make a sequel to this game, I think that they would have ironed out everything that some of the, the difficulty levels and some little nuances. There, It's an incredible first start, but it doesn't quite reach the polish that a Parodius game has. So in some ways, I'm a little bit disappointed, but in other ways, I really like this game. I, it's one of those games where I could Put it in, play five minutes of it, and get a heck of a lot of enjoyment. Just like Arizonk. I'm talking about the Hugh card, not the Rockabilly soundtrack one. I, I couldn't get five minutes out of that Rockabilly soundtrack. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it's, a, it's a great first effort. It's rough around the edges, but it's still a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, this one's curious because it wasn't Hudson who developed it. They farmed it out to Kaneko, and I don't really understand why. I think Kaneko did a, a respectable job, and you know, like you mentioned, it is a fun game, and I definitely had a good time with it. But yeah, it, it is a little bit lacking in the sense that there's not a, there's not a ton of replay value uh, because of the very simple scoring and other than going through and, and playing the game with the other characters or you know trying your own sort of challenge runs hey can I beat the game without powering up or by using the worst power up kind of a thing there's just there's not a lot that um, that keeps me coming back um, the harder difficulties one of the things I do like is they, they are legitimately more difficult because they add things. You mentioned on the, the stage one mid-boss, mid the four girls kind of spinning around in that carousel. Uh, they don't hurt you in on the normal difficulty, but in on hard, they start shooting at you um, and things like that. So, yeah, the game does legitimately get harder and there's other stuff added. Uh, some bosses start to have more patterns that um, uh, that folding cube boss gets gets uh, another phase on hard and also one of its attacks starts to become homing and so it they actually put effort into trying to make the hard modes more than just more bullets, more enemies, and more spongy. So I appreciate that, but um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a solid game that I think is fun to play. It's well worth checking out, and it's uh, it's a easy enough game that I think most folks with a little bit of persistence can can eke out a clear and. You know, it makes a, a relatively decent 
kind of beginner shoot 'em up. The uh, difficulty spike with the speed trap and stage eight in general, notwithstanding. Yeah, I, I think that there was mention earlier in the comments that there wasn't meat on the bones. That's why I called it a, a popcorn shooter. Is it, it's there, but it's not something that. Like Parodius Da, you mentioned someone like, oh yeah, let's go, let's. It has the mechanics and the, the polish to back it up. Right, it's something that, it may look cute, but it's definitely also going to be challenging. And as you said, it you definitely have the hard modes, but it, it doesn't quite have that refined gameplay that you're going to be looking for and on the normal difficulty it may be coming across as being a, a little bit too easy for most of the games yeah not not disappointing to be sure it's just that you you could see the potential and uh, um <laughs> Hopefully somebody will pick this up or we'll get some sort of re-release or something, but uh, no one can help me wind up with a pachinko machine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's quickly cover the high scores. Um, on the... Uh, I think the only, the only mode that anybody um, primarily submitted scores for was the, the regular difficulty. Um... So I ended up, I actually ended up with the top score, my run with Pero Caesar. I got 4,184,490 points, which I verified, I double checked from uh, the run that I saved. Schlarp came in with 3,196,455. Corkman 77 with 3,089,870 points. Uh, a roguish ham had 2,816,100 points. Pony Trigon had 2,726,240 points. And A Creighton with 2,473,060 points. And then Pony Trigon was the only one who submitted scores for the two and five minute games, uh, but those were 550,810 and 1,550,700 points, respectively. So again, thank you to all who participated alongside us. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And sharing your thoughts and trying out different games and having a chance to explore games that have long been talked about. You know, as I mentioned earlier, this game has been something that I have heard several times but never had a chance to fully delve into it or give it a shot so now that we have talked about star parodier and we are currently playing through super super zizix no super xy xyx let's talk about what comes next so in june of 2023 we have the final countdown our <laughs> type final and yes i'm sure he'll insert a comment there going it's the final countdown <laughs> and in July of 2023, we're going back to Shmup Adjacent. What is with me in the tongue twister saying? Shmup Adjacent. <laughs> I'm putting my marbles in my mouth. 
sound like oh Konami. Drummer, drummer. Drummer, drummer. Yeah, no kidding. Ghost Masters. Yeah. So in July, we're going back to Shmup Adjacent with Panzer Dragoon. Looking forward to playing this. This is out on the Switch. It's on the PS4. It's out on the Saturn. It's out on the PC for you brave, brave souls. Yes. And the and PC version is even uh, unlockable as an extra in the Xbox Panzer Dragoon Orta game. Oh, I was referring to the original PC port. Right. The one that used the actual Saturn, the Saturn graphics card? Yep. Oh, you were referring to that one too? Yeah, that, that version was converted as like a bonus in the Xbox Panzer Dragoon Orta. No, uh, that much I know, but I didn't realize that the PC version could be played without the card. Maybe it could know. I think so. I'm running emulator to emulate the emulator. <laughs> Someone will do it. Someone call out LGR. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of shout outs here, let's talk about this. I'd like to thank Trem88 for the logo. Thank you for the, the various logos. And the speaking of logos, we have them on some very nice podcast shirts. Yes. Redbubble.com. Indeed. I'd like to thank Kogosu for the intro and outro music. Everyone from the press play cast or the concert cast and the collector cast. I'd like to thank Metalfro for streaming these games and uh, making them making them fun with his uh, parrot dogs. Yes. And I'd like to I'd like to thank DJ Psycho M1 for bringing excitement to the pandemicade with his. Uh, with his cat Chonks, who I hope is doing well, and uh, uh, oh shoot, I forget his girlfriend. Oh, Kelly. And, and and Kelly for keeping things interesting. Indeed. All right. Anything else before we uh, before we close up? Yes, I finally rid myself of Hogwarts Legacy. I'm done with it. Now I can move on to paying 6,000 and plus hours of Tears of the Kingdom like everybody else. <laughs> I don't have quite that many hours into it yet, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm mildly obsessed. Mildly obsessed. That sounds like, that sounds like a, a call. <laughs> mildly obsessed. It sounds like, what was that thing that we had earlier in here? It was the story on here for that sounds like a call for emergency commence or emergency occurrence <laughs> emergency occurrence oh there you go alright well thank you everybody for listening and we will catch you next month